You're listening to the Homeschool Music Collective podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Haberer. I'm a homeschooling mama and a music educator. This is the show where we talk all things homeschooling, music, and motherhood. My hope is that you'll be encouraged, supported, and inspired in your homeschooling journey. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Homeschool Music Collective podcast. You're officially listening to episode 22 of the show. And I had an interesting experience this week that kind of, this past week actually, that kind of precipitated and initiated the uh, idea for this particular episode. And today I thought I would chat with you about music education and its impacts on my own personal life. So I guess you can say that it's a bit of a, you know, a personal perspective show idea today, but I wanted to take a few minutes and share a few main themes that I have seen develop in my own life as a result of my um, musicianship pursuits, if you will. So this past weekend, I was chatting with a friend um, just a few days ago whose child plays um, a wind instrument. And I'm a cellist myself, in addition to being a piano teacher. So I don't really have much understanding of the woodwind world. (laughs) And I think that my friend was coming to me more for encouragement, really, than, you know, technique or anything. But I think that her issue really... Well, I, her issue really was she wanted, I think she wanted me to help her, um, help her child, help her in encouraging her child stay the course in the study of the clarinet, because that's the instrument that she is studying. And her daughter was really finding it kind of burdensome and unintentional. That's actually a word that her mom used um, and was beginning to really kind of develop somewhat of an apathetic attitude towards the study of music in general. And I thought about, you know, as I thought about how to encourage her, it caused me to personally reflect on how music has and continues to impact me as an individual and in really in all aspects of my life as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, um, you know, and, and just me <laughs> as, as a woman, uh, as a person, as a human. But I wanted to share a few of those elements with you in the hopes that if and when because it happens to all of us and may and will probably happen to your children as well when they study music. But you reach a point, we reach a point in our study when and where we've plateaued or we've hit a wall or just become kind of disinterested for whatever reason. And sometimes those reasons are because of outside distractions. Um, you know, I remember wanting to be outside with my friends playing, um, you know, in our neighborhood cul-de-sac or our driveway. Um, but instead, I was sitting on a piano bench, putting in hours of practice time. And sometimes those reasons are the res- direct result of the instruction that we're receiving. Perhaps, you know, your child isn't connecting with his music teacher. Um, And sometimes those reasons are more aligned to the season of life in which your family um, or our family finds itself in. Maybe you're moving across the country. Um, Maybe your internet takes a while to kind of readjust and find a new music teacher and click with that music teacher. And whatever the reason, whatever the season of life, sometimes there's kind of a lull where you're not exactly motivated to get back into it. And so regardless of the reasons why, There will be moments or pockets of time where a musician kind of steps away and has to remind themselves why they continue to pursue music and why they continue to train and study. I know that I have come across those situations 
certainly in my own life, and even as an adult. (laughs) So I thought I'd give you three simple reflections on why I personally have continued to study and pursue music education for myself. And my hope is to encourage those moms that have children like in the younger years of their study, and there'll come a time when they'll look back, their children will, will look back at the challenges and the struggles and the wins and reflect what I believe will be with gratitude for the time spent enriching their lives with music. So let me get to it. So number one, I wanted to share that music has been a companion to me. You know, we all go through valleys and sometimes we're at the top of the mountain in some seasons when things are going really well in our jobs or in our relationships um, or whatever project we're involved in. Um, And then there are other times where we have valleys, right? Or we have the death of a loved one or illness in the house or financial struggles. Um, And I can say that I've been through all of them. I have been in valleys. I have been through heartaches. I have been through relationship struggles. I have been through wins when I, you know, back in my career when I was advancing quickly through, um, you know, my district and our educational system and really thought I was making an impact there. Um, And things were going really well. And then all of a sudden I'd be down at the bottom again. But, you know, music for me as, as a trained musician, as a cellist, as a pianist, I remember finding so much solace in the good days and in the bad days with my instrument. You know, piano is kind of a solitary instrument to some degree. It doesn't have to be, but it was for me in many ways. Um, And I remember just coming home after a day where I was just tired and exhausted and didn't want to see anybody. I'd had a rough day at work or whatever it was that I was struggling with. And I'd come home and I'd sit at my piano bench and it was like sitting with a friend. I was just with a companion. I could enrich myself in whatever music, um, whether it be melancholy or joyous or happy or upbeat or slow and rhythmic, whatever it was, I could immerse myself with my instrument. I knew its sounds. I knew its tonalities. I knew its warmth. Um, and it would just be a comfort to me. It was a companion to me through so many seasons of life. And I believe that while we may not experience those as we're starting out, an instrument. It's just kind of something new you're learning, kind of like a language, really. Um, I believe that as you reflect back on your career as a musician, or you reflect back on your life as a musician, you will see those ebbs and flows, and you will see that music, at least for me, has been a constant companion through all of those ebbs and flows. And I really want any child, any family that has a child that participates in music education to recognize that there will be valleys um, in life, but that music will always be a constant. You can always stretch yourself and always find um, peace and comfort in the music. It has been that way for me anyway. Number two (laughs) I wanted to reflect on is that music, I believe, is a great connector. And what what I mean by connector is that it creates an opportunity for relationships with other people. And you think, okay, Gabby, what do you mean by that? Well, (laughs) you know, um, I would say collaboration would be one element. And just a moment ago, I reflected on how music can be, piano, the study of piano in particular, can be kind of a solitary 
endeavor. Um, you know, my friend whose daughter plays a clarinet, she plays in an orchestra. Um, so it's not just her. Now, she's studying her instrument, obviously. She's refining technique and rhythm and learning different modalities and different ways that she can stretch herself as a singular musician. But really, as a woodwind instrument, you kind of fit into a larger scheme, right? And piano absolutely can do that. But, you know, when I think about this as music as a connector for me, when I was a cellist, I, you know, I studied my instrument. I love the deep, mellow, almost kind of rich that comes out of a cello. But some of the the greatest highlights for me was, you know, I would study with my private music teacher and, um, you know, we'd practice as a cello section in, in, you know, in in preparation for an orchestra piece or a recital or a concert we'd give. And then you'd combine all of the other sections, the violins, the violas, you know, the cellos, the bass, and we would rehearse there. And that was an amazing sound to hear all of these components together. And then when we were almost ready for that performance, that recital or that competition, wherever it was that we were performing, we would then um, add the percussion, the the um, the trombones and the trumpets and the woodwind section and um, the xylophones and the drums. And it was, I can tell you, when all of that would come together, I was absolutely blown away. It was almost this magical experience to be completely immersed in the sound. And everyone had individual components and parts, but you brought them all together and it made this beautiful composition, this beautiful, enriching, fulfilling, almost magical sound. And every single time we came together like that, I was in awe. It was just amazing. The And also the feeling of being a component, a small sliver of something so much bigger than you. And you trained and you studied and you put in the hours to refine that music, to refine that composition, to refine that piece. And you knew that you were just a small component, but you couldn't let the rest of the the links in the chain down by not studying and not putting in the time and effort to practice that. Because when it all came together, it was absolutely beautiful. And that was, of course, in my younger years, (laughs) but I've had the privilege to play in, you know, in local orchestras for different projects and events. And it's the same experience. I can tell you that magical feeling doesn't ever go away because all you see is your cello, your bass section, your, your cello part, right? I'm in the bass clef. I just see a bunch of bass clef notes. But when you combine that with the treble clef and I mean, just, it just, yeah, I'm starting to ramble. <laughs> but what I want to connote is that music for me has been an amazing connector. I have established amazing relationships with other musicians, and we've actually been able, I've had the privilege of getting together with them and creating sound together. And even other pianists playing duets or, um, you know, trios or different ensembles. It's been amazing. And I really believe that music can serve as an amazing connector to build and collaborate with other musicians and other people so that you can bring that richness um, and that that feeling of being a small part of a big, gigantic, bigger whole um, is, is really just an amazing experience. It absolutely is. Number three, I would say, is that music for me has also been a contributor. It's been an opportunity for me to contribute to the space around me. 
and this is going to sound a little bit, I don't want to go too far off the, the range here, but you know, have you ever seen kind of YouTube videos or, you know, social media videos where you see this um, musician uh, maybe playing, they've dragged a piano out into the middle of a very busy commercial area, you know, like a, a shopping mall or out on a sidewalk in front of a really busy, you know, kind of congested, heavy traffic, heavy people walking everywhere, going about their thing, going about their day and this musician starts to play and all of a sudden you have like this whole body this whole mass of people listening and experiencing as a musician you have the opportunity to contribute something that other people sadly did not have the opportunity to engage in but you also have the opportunity to give back to others And I love that. You know, one of the things that I frequently have to take note of when I'm watching a movie, and I love storytelling. I also love, this is some trivia about me, I guess, but I love period dramas, BBC period dramas, (laughs) because they have some of the most amazing soundtracks that will literally transport you to a completely different place. I would say that music as a contributor is very similar to that. It's very similar to music as a connector, like I just described, you know, in the previous example where this entire orchestra is coming together to produce one collaborated together sound for an effect, right? They're trying to connote an emotion. They're trying to deliver an experience. And music as a contributor for me has done that. It has allowed me and given me an opportunity to put something out in the world that will encourage, soothe, heal. Um, yeah, just just all of those things. You know, I think about sometimes my husband will come in when I'm, I'm playing and I don't like to give concerts anymore. Here I am talking about music as a contributor, but <laughs> I don't like to really give concerts anymore. But sometimes my husband will come in and just sit in a chair in my studio. And um, I try not to notice him. I try to kind of block him out. But what I do notice sometimes, because I block him out because I can concentrate better on what I'm doing, but sometimes I notice that his mood changes. If he had been kind of irritable that day or things just weren't really going right for him, he comes in there and he sits with me for a while. And when he leaves, there's a different mood. There's a different countenance to him. And sometimes I have to sit back and just thank the Lord that I have an ability. I have this gifting that he's endowed me with, but that I've studied and trained for as well. That I mean, there's so many moving parts in that, that can soothe someone, that can take someone and transport them to a different place and time, or that can heal and soothe emotions or reset an imbalance in our heart and mind. Um, because you yourself think about, even if you're not a musician, think about a song that you hear on the radio or something, um, you know, I'm a, a product of, you know, when music was really coming alive for me was like mid 80s, early 90s. <laughs> that kind of tells you how old I am. But um, and I'm very thankful to have lived this long, honestly. But I, I think about a song I heard on the radio and it instantly transports me back to where I was. And I remember and they're usually connoted, they're usually attached to a very positive memory, right? I think about my first concert or, um, you know, where I was when I heard that song or uh, a boy I might've had a crush on or the time that I aced a test in college or all of these things. 
you know, the music can transport you. And if you as the musician undertake that as a perspective, you can help others to be transported to lovely places in their hearts and minds as well. And so for me, music has been just all of those things. It has been such an enriching and valuable and lovely and beautiful thing to take hold of. You know, I have that perspective in my studio with my students. It's one of the things that I really want to relay to parents because it's not so much about creating a musician that will major in piano performance, which, hello, I did that. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, it's not just so much about cranking out a trained musician that has excellent skill and technique and their expressions are perfect and their rhythm is perfect and their everything is, you know, it's really about in my opinion, creating and teaching creatively and holistically to create a well-rounded, completely comprehensively um, immersed musician that, yes, may have gaps in their learning as we all have gaps in our learning, regardless of whether we homeschooled or are homeschooling or are a product of a different educational system. There might be areas that we miss. But what I want to achieve in my students when they leave my studio, and I only teach preschool and new beginning piano students. I don't take transfer students, students that are coming in from other teachers or that have taken a break. I like to grow them almost like planting little seeds in the ground and grow them from the ground up. I really want that to be, that's one of my teaching goals And I want that as a family, when parents come in and we have, you know, parent conferences or recitals, I always want to convey that. I want music to be these three things for you, uh, for your child and for your family. And I also want, I'll add a fourth one in there. I know I just said three, but I also want music to be a constant. I want music to be, because if it's a constant, it'll be a companion. If it's a companion, it'll be a constant. If it's a connector, it'll be a constant. If it's a contributor, it'll be a constant. You know, it's something that's present with you all the time. I love listening. You know, I mentioned that I love listening to music soundtracks. Oh, they're just (laughs) there. So when you get, if you ever drive anywhere with me and you get in the car, you're going to hear amazing music soundtracks. And one of my favorite music soundtracks is from a movie called Out of Africa. It has Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. And another little bit of trivia about me, whenever I see Robert Redford, I get googly eyes. <laughs> he just is, I think, just a, he's an amazing storyteller. But anyway, what what impacted me about this movie, it's a beautiful movie, but uh, based on the book, based on the life of, uh, but uh, the, the soundtrack is absolutely epic. It's just beautiful. It transports you to a completely different place. And there are scenes in that movie where that soundtrack is highlighted and you just, it just brings that memory back. And I think, wow, how amazing that this collaboration of musicians got together to produce a sound with the intent of creating an experience for the listener. What a privilege to be in that position. And as a musician, as musicians, we are, we have that opportunity, that great privilege and the honor of transporting our listener elsewhere, a good place, um, a place with melancholy and sadness, a place with uh, drama, perhaps from trauma, a place of excitement and happiness, 
a place of holidays. When I think about today, I was playing some Charlie Brown Christmas music and it just changed the mood in my house. Um, everyone just seemed like they were getting ready for the holidays. And by the time this episode releases, we are getting close to the holidays. But it just it just it changed the theme of our house for a moment. And it was it was lovely. And I thought, oh wow. What a privilege. Thank you, Lord, that I, yeah, I have this amazing ability to change, to uplift everyone with this one song <laughs> that reminds everyone of Christmas trees and eggnog and um, holly and, you know, red packages and ribbons. And it's just, it's an amazing privilege. So as you, homeschool mom, you know, are considering music education for your children and you see it as it's one more activity, it's one more thing to pay for because I get it, um, my own parents made sacrifices so that I can continue. And I'll share a personal, another personal element. I remember, you know, we did not grow up with very much money and I value my parents. Um, we, we have our challenges in our relationship. I'll flat out admit that. Um, but um, you, know, my parents made the great sacrifice of giving me the privilege of music. And I feel like I might cry because I cry all the time. Right. But um, I remember my parents collecting aluminum cans and they would put them in these huge bags and it was extra money. It, they wouldn't get very much back then. I mean, it's like three cents a can, right? Or two cents a can, however much it was. But I remember my parents collecting cans and I hope this doesn't embarrass them because I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. They made whatever sacrifices necessary so that I could continue to study because studying, I mean, the teacher I had was phenomenal teacher, but he was expensive <laughs> as most music or piano teachers are. And they would take those cans and have them recycled. They get that little bit of extra money and that's how they'd pay for music lessons for the month. Um, and, um, they made a commitment that whatever it was that they were going to do, um, this budget, this money would always be allotted for this. And they would, you know, my mother would sew and she'd sell things and um, she would have uh, garage sales and sell things and that money would go to piano lessons. And so they made sacrifices. And so as a homeschooling mom, I don't want you to see music education as just another burden. Sure, it has benefits. It would be great if we could do it, but it's too expensive. I don't have a teacher near by. Um, there's, you know, I have to pay for books. Where am I going to source a piano? Those are all details that can be worked out, right? Um, and I don't want to make it sound like it's so easy to work those things out because it's not. I mean, ask my mom who was, you know, digging through, um, you know, restaurant trash cans to get uh, soda cans, right? But what she equipped me with, what they equipped me with, the sacrifices they made have absolutely been a benefit to my life. And I believe that any child that undertakes a study of music and has that perspective can look back on their history, on, on the tapestry um, that has been woven for them through music education and reflect on, the, on that and say, this is good. This is good. And there are so many things that I can do. I can contribute. I can collaborate. I can convey an emotion. I can provide an experience. And you know what? It'll be a companion to me as well as to others. So I don't want you as a homeschooling mom to second guess the decision to pursue music education. There will be other opportunities for other things. Um, but you can't get time back. And I'm so glad 
that as a young child, I started, my father found a piano. Now I'm rambling even longer, but my piano bought my first keyboard. Uh, My father bought a keyboard for me when I was four years old and he went to the local music store. He has no background in music education whatsoever. But he he's, he's a person that appreciates music. Like I remember I would see him sometimes sitting in the car before, you know, when he got home from work and he was listening to one of his favorite songs back from the, you know, late 60s, early 70s. Um, and some of the music that I now appreciate because of what he showed me. But I remember he walked into a music store and he purchased a book that had these big, gigantic round dot notes and the letter on the notes studied what the names of the keys were took some um, painter's tape and taped them onto the keys. And he's the one that started teaching me finger numbers and keys. How did he do that? (laughs) Why did he do that? He believed that this was a good thing. And so when they were finally able, they found a music teacher for me at five years old. And I started my music journey. And the rest is history, as they say, right? But I'm so grateful for that. And I believe that your children will also reflect on their experiences as a, as a studier, as a student of music and say, this is good. This has been good and this will be good. So with that, <laughs> uh, I'll stop there and wrap it up there. But I really want to encourage you, homeschool moms, really from the bottom of my heart, because the things I do really are so heart-centered, especially when it comes to music and music education. I want every child to access music education. I want every child to have a piano in their home or to have a keyboard in their home or play an instrument, a cello, a clarinet, like my friend or whatever instrument it is. Not only, you know, I talked about the neurological benefits in a previous episode, and we'll revisit that again, but this is really just from a heart perspective and the ways that music has been a benefit to me and now is a benefit to my family and I believe a benefit to others in the community as well. So, with that, I also wanted to tell you, let's take, let's talk about shift gears a little bit and talk about some housekeeping um, elements. We are in the process right now of launching a brand new website. You can head over to homeschoolmusiccollective.com. So it's one whole long phrase, homeschoolmusiccollective.com instead of the old website. And there you're going to find both the podcast as well as the membership community that is opening in November. We are so close to finishing all the final details that are going to go in there. But when the collective opens, it's only going to be open for four days. Um, And we'll open the doors. You have an opportunity to sign up for the lowest price that the membership will ever offer because it won't launch again and be open until next year and the price will go up next year. And I really want you to take advantage of this low price, this opportunity with a low price and have all of the material, all the content in there. Um, I think it's going to be just a lovely, beautiful homeschooling music community. So head over to homeschoolmusiccollective.com and sign up for the waitlist. You'll hear from me. I will personally send out an email welcoming you and letting you know when the doors open to the collective. So with that, I'm super excited about next week's guest. Um, She's a homeschooling mom, and we're going to talk about the reasons why she chose to homeschool and why she removed her child from public education um, and why this model of of schooling, homeschooling, is a better fit for her and her family. And she talks about a little bit about what I have discussed in the past, but we'll talk further about it on that episode. Um, But I just, yeah, I won't release any of the details. I'm so excited to have her on the show and have you be a part of that conversation. 
So head over to homeschoolmusiccollective.com and sign up for the waitlist. I will see you again next Monday. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thank you.